American football in Finland. That's how good he is. That's definitely the best offensive player. He could play receiver, quarterback, or running back if he needed to. Try to make them have a run game, which we know that they really don't have. I like to say he's kind of like, he kind of does like he's playing Madden when it comes to the playoffs. He starts doing a lot of weird stuff that you think can only happen on video games, and he gets away with it. But he ain't better. But in my opinion, he ain't better than Jabari Harris. I'll take Jabari Harris all day. Put that on the podcast, too. American football in Finland. The voice in your ears right now is Perfect Purvis, and this is American football in Finland. First-time listeners, welcome to the show. I hope you guys enjoy brutally honest football analysis and opinions because I'm all out of bullshit. Returning followers and AFF faithful, you know what it is. TIF. Today we're going to talk about the Maple League week one of the season. Maple League finally has started. I'm excited that it's here. There's a lot of new things going on and a lot of the same things. In the first week, what we really found out was that the Wassel Royals are not the same Wassel Royals that they were last year. And that the Helsinki Roosters are who we think they are. They're the most likely the champions in the league this year. And it's not really any doubt right now because they just look a lot better than everyone else damn near in Europe. They're one of the top teams in Europe. The game that was played on Saturday between the Tampa Saints and Coopio Steelers, that was a very interesting matchup. We had a game that was won by less than a touchdown, but it was a one-sided affair in the first half. And then it became a game in the second half. Congratulations, Scorpio Steelers, on getting that first win in the Maple League. Those are my thoughts on the Maple League's first week of games. The Roosters came out and did exactly what we thought. Royals looked like crap compared to the Roosters, obviously. Steelers got a win. Saints looked better than they did last year, but still couldn't win the game, so they have a lot to work on. That's pretty much how it looks like in the first week. I've actually got uh, Coach Q with me here. He's going to tell me a little bit about what he thought about in these games this week as well. To listen to Coach Q's full analysis and opinion about week one in the Maple League, subscribe to the AFF podcast and become a patron today. The Helsinki Roosters beat the crap out of the Wausau Royals 48-7 to on Thursday night. Before I talk about the game, let me get into some of the numbers of this game. Offensively, the Roosters outgained the Wassa Royals 392 yards to 188, and they actually had 171 yards rushing, so they were actually 20 yards away from outgaining the Royals' entire offense in just the rush yards. Third and fourth down conversions was big because the Roosters were 6-for-16, while the Royals were 4-for-18. This is including third and fourth down. They had a lot of attempts. The Roosters converted when they needed to. The Royals never really did, and even when they did convert, it didn't help them out very much. Big thing that happened in this game was in the first half, that was the whole game. The Roosters scored 48 points, but they scored 42 in the first half. Scored 28 in the first quarter, and even in that first quarter, they had, I want to say, two and a half sacks in the first quarter. They totaled with four sacks on the game, while the Royals only compiled two stats in the second half against the Roosters' backups. Uh, statistical leaders for the Roosters, Brandon Connett, again, he was efficient, 11 for 20, 207 yards, four touchdowns, no sacks. Uh, new returning running back, Henry Usula, he had eight rush attempts with 62 yards and two touchdowns. And my one of my favorite players in this game was young Alexander Wasilyev, 
who had four receptions for 87 yards and one touchdown. But he just looked good. He made a lot of catches that people would not have made. He was working hard out there. He looked real good. Also, Kimmy L had two receptions for 80 yards and two touchdowns, including a 48-yarder. I think he did all that in the first quarter. I'm not sure about that, but I do think he did. Defensively for the Roosters, uh, Curtis Slater had seven tackles and an interception, but their defense as a whole, everyone was involved, so not anybody just stood out statistically besides Curtis. Uh, For the Royals, they had nothing going on, man. Uh, Isaac Fisher was 17 for 31, 117 yards, one rush touchdown. Uh, Justin Williams was the best receiver with – Four receptions for 37 yards. And he also was the leading running back with 10 attempts for 30 yards. So only averaging three yards a carry is not great. Defensively, no one really stood out for the Royals either. They were getting beat, but they spread the love. I mean, the leading tackler was the French linebacker who only had six tackles. My thoughts on this game is pretty simple. The Royals were just not ready to play the Roosters at such a high level. The Roosters team came out, did exactly what they wanted to do offensively, created pressure defensively. That's pretty much how the game went for the first two quarters. I mean, only 24 minutes, they basically dismantled any idea that the Royals had that they could win in this game. Isaac Fisher, the quarterback for the Wausau Royals, was under pressure the entire time. He was constantly under pressure. He probably could have been sacked another six times, but he was smart to get rid of the ball in key moments or throw it out of bounds right before he was about to get sacked. He broke a couple tackles out there. Big kudos to you, Isaac, man. You're a tough guy because you was out there taking some licks, and I appreciate you playing in this league this year because that's exactly what the Royals needed, somebody that can handle that pressure because they couldn't handle up front what the Roosters were giving them every down. That's a talented rooster defensive line. On the other side of the ball, uh, I don't know what the Royals got going. Defensively, they didn't really have anything for the Roosters. Roosters kind of did what they want in the run and the pass game. Uh, Early on, a lot of open receivers. I think they changed something in the second quarter, and the receivers weren't as open. But also what they did was they actually got more pressure up front from that defensive line for the Royals. So that's something bright for the Royals to look forward to is that, hey, if we keep working and we get better, we do have a decent defensive front that maybe if we do our coverages a little bit better against these other teams, we can compete. I'm not sure that that's really what's going to happen for the rest of the season. But in this game, the Royals just weren't ready. I don't want to I don't want to just, you know, dismiss them as not being a decent team. But in this game, they weren't ready for the Roosters. And also, for anybody that watched the game, like, oh, well, this was like a practice game for the Roosters. Duh, duh, duh. The Roosters are goddamn good. So don't underestimate the freaking Royals by saying, oh, well, the Roosters beat the crap out of them. They must suck. The Roosters don't suck. The Roosters just beat a top team in Europe, what, two weeks ago. So this isn't any indictment against the Royals about how bad they are. It's more of a showing everybody how good the Roosters are. And this is the level you're going to have to play up to. They scored within 13 plays. They had 28 points in the first quarter on 13 plays. Less than a three less than three minutes of time of possession. That's not normal. Like, even a good team takes a little while to get going. They come out the block, scored fast, scored often, 
and also created pressure. Had the Royals going three and out, three and out. One Royals didn't get a first down until the second quarter. So with that being said, Royals, you played bad in comparison to your competition, man. I don't think that the Royals are a bad team necessarily because of this loss, but the Roosters are the Roosters, and it looks like if they're going to do this to the Royals, they plan on doing this to every team they play. In this game, they just look superior, man. If you're listening to my voice right now, you're in the middle of another awesome episode of AFF. Why am I interrupting you right now? Because I got bills to pay. American Football in Finland is a podcast for the people, by the people. And that means I need the people, aka you, the listeners, to become invested in AFF by becoming a patron. Becoming an AFF patron is pretty simple. Click the Become a Patron button on the Podbean app and decide how much you really love American Football in Finland. If you like the show and want exclusive content, Become a level one supporter. A level one supporter consists of donating $1 per month to the podcast. That's $12 a year for exclusive AFF content. Level two patrons are true AFF promoters. For donating $3 per month as a level two promoter, you not only get exclusive patron content, but also throw in some free American football and Finland gear so you can show the world your support for AFF. Now, if you really ride with me in the AFF podcast, you can donate $5 per month and become a Level 3 Loyalist patron member. Level 3 Loyalists get all the privileges of a promoter and a Level 1 patron with the additional opportunity to become a guest speaker on American football in Finland. Loyalists don't just support the show, you are the show. But no matter the patron level you become, supporter, promoter, or loyalist, it'll be greatly appreciated because you, the listeners, will help make AFF the best damn podcast ever. So let's make American football in Finland great. Become a patron today. The game of this week involved the Tampa the Saints and the Quopio Steelers. The Tampa the Saints were the home team and actually lost this game 35-29. Quopio Steelers came in and got the dub. Let's talk about the numbers of the game. Total yards, Saints actually outgained the Quopio Steelers 423 yards to 357. In the turnover game, the Saints had two interceptions and the Steelers had a fumble for a turnover. Penalty-wise, the Saints had five penalties for 39 yards. Steelers had nine for 79 yards. Fourth down conversions were pretty bad by both teams. The Saints were four for 14 and the Steelers were three for 13 on third downs. On fourth down, they both actually did decent. Saints going two for four, Steelers going two for five. Uh, key players in the game, obviously from Tampa to State, Saints, Kyle Nolan, quarterback, his first game in the Maple League, 21 for 44, 352 yards, four touchdowns with the two picks. Take away the two picks and he had a great game, but those two picks are going to cost him. Uh, for the Saints, their receiving core actually did really well. Mickey J, I said I wasn't going to say his name, but I got to put his stats out there. Eight receptions, 122 yards, two touchdowns. The other twin tower, Ellery Lyonet, seven receptions, 115 yards, two touchdowns. On the defensive side for the Saints, Tony Ballin led all players with nine tackles. Yuha Uli Arvila, defensive lineman, had five tackles and two sacks. And Mickey J, again, on the defensive side, had three PBUs. For the Steelers, top stat getter Seth Peters, a quarterback, obviously, was 18 for 32, 
268 yards, four touchdowns, and even had a rushing touchdown. Charles Ward led all receivers with nine receptions, 171 yards, three touchdowns, and then defensively, he had one pass breakup and he blocked the punt. His stats are shortchanged because he should have had four touchdowns if it wasn't for that one fumble. On the defensive side for the Steelers, Justin Bell, the defensive back, had six and a half tackles and one interception. Linebacker Yusuf Laherma had five tackles, one sack, and a forced fumble. Defensive back Tony Hartikainen, I really feel like I'm saying that wrong. Tony Hartikainen, Hartikainen, Tony Harkinen, Tony Harkinen, Tony H had four tackles, one pass breakup, and one interception. Also, defensive lineman Yanni Linquist had three tackles and two sacks. I'm torn talking about this game between the Saints and the Steelers because there's so much good that happened in this game, but there's also so much bad. It was kind of a tale of two halves for both of the teams, and neither team played a complete half a game. In this game, the Corbett Steelers were the better team that day. As the stats show, statistically, the two teams were actually quite even, but what happened was turnovers, field position played a bigger role in this game than most people understand. The Saints' offense looked really good, and their defense looked like crap for six straight drives when they let the Steelers score on them at will. When that defense actually got better in the second half, it was still too late. The game had already been put away. The second half for the Steelers was more more them playing bad than the Saints playing well. The Saints' defense did get better in the second half, but a lot of that had to do with the Steelers' offense not understanding how to put this game away. A ball that went over Seth Peters' head to punt gave the Saints the ball on the five-yard line. Twice in the second half, they had the ball. They started their drives inside the Steelers' 20, and they scored on those two drives. And those are the only two drives they scored in the second half. So a lot of what happened in the second half of the game wasn't really, oh, well, the Saints adjusted and got better. More the Steelers didn't know how to put this game away. But the Saints did play well in the first half and second half offensively they had a lot of big plays it was nice to see their offense being so explosive and they left a lot of points out there quarterback Kyle Nolan he overthrew his receivers a lot in this game and I'm not sure if it's because he's his accuracy is off on a deep ball or if these receivers aren't really running the routes the way that he needs them to be ran but they need to get that fixed because that was the difference in the game there's at least three or four passes where if the receiver and quarterback would just connect on that. The Saints might actually have a chance to win this game a lot earlier than wait until the second half to try to build something. So that's definitely something they can take away, that their offense is potent and it can strike and make big plays. Matter of fact, two of the touchdowns they did score were big plays. The first one by Mickey J, I think it was a 47, 48-yarder. And then you got the 65-yarder by the big guy, Ellery Lyonet. The Saints' offense is legit. It can do things. It can make points. It can move down the field. But football is a compliment sport. Saints defense, you're better than Swiss cheese. I give you that. But you're not ice cold yet. You're not shutting anybody down. Mickey J went in there and did a great job on Charles Ward. But even doing that, you have to realize that the Steelers were just trying to get out the game. They were short man. They weren't expecting to get ahead that far that early. Second half, it looked like they just kind of muddled their way and said, hey, as long as we don't lose, we're good because we got more games to play. 
Saints, on the other hand, you guys look like you gave it all you got, and it wasn't enough in this first game. So hopefully you get back to the drawing board and fix that defense, man. It needs to get fixed. Steelers offense, you looked good for the first half. Uh, you moved the ball consistently. You did what you wanted, both running and passing. I know statistically the stats aren't great for the running, but that has a lot to do with a couple of sacks and also not having to run as much as you have to when you got guys like Charles Ward making big plays in the passing game. Second half, Steelers, you shit the bed, man. Uh, 35 points in one quarter is great, but second half, you have to put up some points to create that separation. Everyone in the Maple League isn't going to be like the Tampa the Saints and let you keep that lead the way you did. Hopefully you guys go back, think about things, get things shored up and fix that for the second half. Because if you guys can play two halves like you played that first half of this game, you're definitely one of the best teams in the Maple League this year. Couple more things about this game. Charles Ward, definitely on my MVP list now. Uh showed that he could be as dynamic as anything he wants to be in the Maple League as well in this first game. You knew he was getting the ball and he still got the ball. They put Mickey J on him and threw him a fade ball anyways. He caught it over three defenders and one of his own players on the jump ball, but to end the half. He's a baller, man. Gotta appreciate that. But speaking of Mickey J. I said I wasn't going to say your name on the podcast. I lied, man. Mickey J came out, and he was the dude for the Saints in this game. He started the scoring with the big plays. He, I think he scored another touchdown on a red zone play, toe-tapping at that, definitely beating the defenders off the ball every time. Once the Saints realized that, hey, we can't guard Charles Ward, they looked to Mickey J. I've never seen him play defensive back, but obviously he can because what he did was he got – I think three PBUs. How many PBUs did he get? Yeah, he got three PBUs playing against Charles Ward. He was only guarding Charles Ward. It wasn't like he was just in zone or nothing. He went in to guard the best receiver and got three pass breakups in that and stopped Ward from scoring at least another two touchdowns because those plays were in the end zone when he's breaking up those passes. So big shout out to you, Mickey J. You definitely played probably the best. You probably were the best player on the Tampa Bay Saints in this game this weekend. Uh, I feel like I have other stuff I want to say, but I don't want to talk too long on this podcast. This first one, I want to make it short and sweet for you guys. Another thing that really stood out in this game was the Saints O-line. The Saints O-line actually played really good in this game, protecting Kyle Nolan, and he had time. The issue that they would have when there actually was pressure, thank you, Yanni Lindquist from the Steelers for creating that pressure, but a lot of time, Yanni didn't get to the quarterback because He was getting blocked, and it was a tough route, but the quarterback had to hold the ball for five, six seconds because his receivers were not open. And I'm blaming the receivers from the Saints. You guys got to run better routes. You got to create separation. You got to get open quick so your quarterback can get rid of it. You see the guy has a cannon. You got to help him out a little bit. Offensive line, you guys did a great job. I don't know if anybody's talking crap, but don't let them talk it. Saints offensive line, you did a great job. I want to shout out uh, Yuha Uli Arvila for getting a couple of those sacks for the Saints on the defensive line because you did play well in this game, guy, man. I noticed it. I saw you putting in the pressure. And then when you finally got the sacks, that actually was a credit to your defensive backfield in the second half when the defensive backs actually started guarding people. When Mickey J went to corner and the defensive backfield was more solid, it gave the upfront group a little bit of time to get to the quarterback, and Yuha, you were there. You were right there getting those sacks. So both teams played really well at times, and both teams played really bad at times. 
So hopefully both teams can fix it so that you can put together two full halves and play at your best for the rest of this season. Definitely an interesting game to watch. I wouldn't say it was a good game to watch because if you watched the first half, you could have went home and then just heard about the touchdowns in the second half and it wouldn't have changed anything that happened in the game. And you really did not want to see how the Steelers played in the second half because it was just horrible. But you do want to see that first half of the game where both teams were kind of going at it and then the Steelers, the Saints defense just was not stopping anybody. I guess I'm going to come to the conclusion maybe it was a good game to watch because it was worth watching because that ups and downs. Cinematically and drama-wise, definitely a great game to watch. Football-wise, maybe not as much if you're really about X's and O's. But make your decision how you want to, man. I'm just here to let you know what happened. What do you think about it? Um, like you said, just to add on to that, you, you're right. Uh, you know, watching the game, um, the score, like you say, the score would tell you that it that it, it seems like a close game. But you know, in football, it happens sometimes. Uh, that's one thing Corpio has to learn in the Maple League. Uh, you can't not just score in the second half because there's going to be some teams that are that can literally score 20 points, 20 28 points real fast, and now you got a game. Um, from what I did see, I think the running game for both teams has to step up, has to improve um, if they want to really do some damage in the Maple League. Uh, Tampa, I, I, the play calling was a little questionable um, at times. I do feel like they have weapons on offense, um, but they have to they have to figure out how to get everybody the ball and 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 to be able to score that you know, regularly. That yeah, rhythm. It, it seemed like the Saints, they they lacked rhythm sometimes on offense. Yeah, they, yeah. Those first two touchdowns they scored were big plays, too. Yeah. They had to play Mickey scores where he just beats the defender, catches the ball, and then you also have a play where Hillary scores where he breaks a tackle. Oh, let me put this out there, too. The tackle he broke was by two Americans, the two American defenders. Oh, I just wow. saw the, the highlight again today. Both Justin Bell and Donovan Hayden hit him at the same time, and he shook it off, all six foot six of him. And, and, then, le- and then left him. And then and left the rest of the team. Yeah. Yeah. That was big. That was definitely big for them. Like I said, they got the players. They, they On offense, they have the players that can make big plays. Uh, I think it's uh, lane one is, uh, uh, you know, they're they doing their thing out there, man. So um, on that side, the Saints, you know, looked good and looked bad at sometimes. Corpio, uh they look good and look bad sometimes too. Um, but I do think Corpio, with their main players, some of their main players back, uh, they will be one of those teams that you have to bring your, you know, your A game to when you play them. Uh, I will say this, the linebacker for Corpio, um, not the American linebacker, number 10. Number 10, ah. Yeah, I have to get his name. He, he was everywhere. I mean, the guy was making hits. He was making tackles. I like him. He's, I don't want to say it's a surprise because I've seen him play before, but he definitely showed up in this game um, enough to, to uh, for me to recognize him in that way. So I, I definitely want him to know that I've seen that and, and to keep doing his thing and, and to keep helping that defense because they're going to need that when it's time to play against better receivers. That He's a defensive back. Tony Hartikainen. Hartikainen. Okay. Yeah, that's his name, Tony. He's a defensive back. He's one of the – they run like a 4-2-5 set. So he looks like an outside linebacker at times as well. Him and – Actually, between him, Ward, and Hayden, you have all guys who could play safety and outside linebacker. And outside back. What's up? Are you enjoying the AFF podcast? 
damn right you are, well, let the world know you enjoy the show. Follow AFF on the Podbean app. Just head over to AmericanFootballFinland.Podbean.com and hit that follow button. You can also find the podcast by searching for American Football in Finland on the Podbean app. On the next segment, defensive back Justin Bell from the Quopio Steeler joins the show to discuss this weekend's win against the Tampa Saints. To listen to the full interview, subscribe to the AFF podcast and become a patron today. American football in Finland. I'm here with defensive back Justin Bell of Quopio Steelers. Welcome to the show today, Justin. Hey, thanks for having me, man. I'm happy to be here. It's good to have you on, man. Uh, we're going to talk about you guys' win this last weekend against the Tampa Saints. You basically stopped their defense outside of a couple of big plays. So could you tell me a little bit of like how you guys went about doing that in this game? Well, I mean, we really came in kind of blind to how, how we were, how we were going to be attacked. And, um, you know, as a unit, we just tried to stick together you know, as much as we could and prevent – prevent them from, you know, putting up a whole bunch of points on us. You know, it was a hostile environment up there in Tampa. And, um, you know, they had their few big plays. They had some good athletes over there. So, you know, of course we knew, you know, we had to get, we was going to give up some big plays, but we just stuck together and, you know, believed in one another, made big plays. When we got the opportunity, we had a couple of interceptions, a couple of big hits and a couple of stops. And, um, you know, the offense was able to score more points than they did. So, that's how we ended up outlasting them. Hey, and while I got you on here, man, give your shout outs. Anybody listening that you want to talk to on here, you want to tell people back home, hey, what's up? Anything, put it out there, man. I'll put it on the internet. <laughs> what's up, man? Well, um, shout out to my family, you know, my mom, my dad, everybody listening, paying attention. I got a lot of friends. Um, hit row records. <laughs> That's my group of friends right there. Everybody need to check out their music. I'm gonna be posting it a lot on my page. You might see me post random songs, music. That's you know a lot of my friends. They watching. They actually purchased the um the Ruto cool. Yeah, where they where they get to watch the game. So trying to bring people in and you know get some awareness out here to this football in Finland. You know, shout out to Purvis for doing your thing. Anytime you need me on here, and I, and I can, I will. You know, answer your questions, everything, and help you get it, you know, get the cloud out, the football and everything in Finland. You know, hopefully the sport can grow out here. Hey man, appreciate you coming on. That's what we're trying to do. We're trying to have fun playing football, the game we love, and letting other people know that we're doing it. Appreciate What's you up? coming in. No problem. I hope you're enjoying the show so far, but I have to take this time to give some of my listeners a much needed wake up call. It's 2018, people. If you're listening to this podcast from a link, you're doing it wrong. Just follow American Football in Finland on the Podbean app and get instant notifications when new episodes are published. If you're too lazy to use the Podbean app, that's okay. AFF is also on the iTunes podcast app. So just type in American Football in Finland and click the subscribe button. Don't forget to give me a five-star rating while you're at it. And Android users can subscribe on Google Play. It's 2018, people. Keep up.
Maple League teams are back in action on Thursday with the Tampa Saints hosting the Sinioki Crocodiles. Then Porville Butchers are visiting the Wassel Royals on Sunday. Our panel of football experts will pick the winners of next week's games. I'll pick the winner for Thursday, but for my Sunday pick, check out my live video this Friday on my Facebook page, Perfect Purpose. The results from last week's pickums have me at 1-1, one one, Jabari Harris at 1-1, one one, Finland Swami at 1-1, one Tuomas at 2-0, and and Q at 2-0. So right now, Tuomas and Q are undefeated while the rest of us are splitting it at 500. This week, our picks are in. I'll have them posted up online for you guys probably before this even released, but I'll say it here on the show for you to know. For the game of the Tampa Saints versus the Senioki Crocodiles, Jabari Harris and myself have picked the Crocodiles to win that game. The Swami, Tuomas, and Q have picked the Saints to win that game. For the second game of the week, the Wassel Royals versus the Porvoo Butchers, Jabari, Swami, and Q have all picked the Butchers. Tuomas has picked the Royals. And I'll be saving my pick for Friday's live video. That's it for American Football in Finland. Hope you guys enjoyed today's show and tune in next week. And never forget, T-I-F. American Football in Finland is now on iTunes. Please rate the show and subscribe today. If you really like the podcast, follow AFF on the Podbean app. Search American Football in Finland and hit that follow button. And for all you loyal AFF listeners, we are now accepting Podbean patrons. Click become a patron on the AFF page and pledge your loyalty. Thanks for listening. American Football in Finland. <laughs>